Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Cal Football is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Northern California, and is available on all major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it. Believe in Cal Football is also brought to you by OS Day Bar, Cafe, and Rooftop, located downtown Oakland, and the QL Gaming Group. Check out their betting boards at betql.co. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Believe in Cal Football on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network in the Bay Area. I'm your host, as usual, GPS on the mic here with you and ready to go. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week. So before we get into the show, we have a little recap of the Oregon game. I know we're all extremely hyped about that. It's always nice to drown the ducks. Later, we have a famous Washington State quarterback here to help me break down the upcoming game against Wazoo. And of course, we'll talk a little Raiders, a little 49ers, and we'll end by shouting out our favorite pro bears. But first, let's pay some bills. Folks, I've been telling you all year, if you're going to be making your bets, you need to do it at betonline.ag. They have all the games, all the lines, all the props. You're really slipping if you're not getting there. I've told you once, I've told you twice, there's only so many times I can tell you, but I'm going to keep telling you. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Actually, you know what? Let's first jump into the Raiders and Niners action before we begin talking about Cal's affair last week with Oregon. So the Raiders game. It's been extremely widely circulated now, and in that Raiders game I'm pertaining to, or I'm speaking on now, is last week's game against the New York Jets. Now everyone knew who follows the Raiders knew they needed a bounce back win after their showing in Atlanta and for the sake of Raider fans I'll continue to bring up that game no more so then fast forward and we have the Raiders at Meadowlands playing the New York Jets and it was a game that they really shouldn't have had much trouble with the Raiders are better on paper they're far more talented and honestly they have better leadership they have a better head coach I feel like John Gruden has done a great job with that Raider locker room winning them over and getting them all on board to play Gruden's brand of football. However, the Raiders did play a little bit of a sloppy game. They didn't look that great on offense. Of course, they were without their top running back, Josh Jacobs, who is not just a top running back on the team, but a top running back in the NFL. And before I digress, the University of Alabama is still churning out players at every position. Not really a surprise, however. So the Raiders, as everybody's seen now, as so widely circulated, it all came down to their last play. And you really can't knock Derek Carr. He saw what the defense was bringing, which for whatever reason, it was an all-out blitz when all the Jets really had to do was make a tackle inbounds, and it's likely the game would have ended that way. But no, it was not to be, and Henry Ruggs had other ideas, which if you know there's a guy like Henry Ruggs on the field, then you think you would always shy away from running a cover zero or even a cover one for that matter. But the rest is history. Carr got... or. Sorry about that. Rugs got behind. There's a rug. There's a car. There's, there's a bunch of other inanimate objects. But anyway, Rugs got behind the defense. Car floated one up to him very nicely. Even after just the play prior, 
Carr could have hit Aguilar on a game-winning touchdown. What do the Raiders do going forward? Well, it looks like they're going to have their most important game of the year next week. They've got Indianapolis. They've got playoff seating at stake. The Raiders need to break through. That's going to be a brutal game. And honestly, at this point, I don't know which direction to lean. Indianapolis has also been a super impressive team, mostly on the defensive side of the ball. But it's going to be the Raiders' most important game in quite a few years, so we'll see if they can take care of business. They're sitting in a much nicer place than their former Bay Area rivals, the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners have been extremely hot and cold this year, even when you take into the fact that they nearly have their, they've nearly had their whole team depleted due to the injury bug. And the team that loses the Super Bowl you often find the following season, they run through certain nuances like that. So every week, the Niner faithful believes the Niners are back, and then usually the week after that, they have to come back down to earth. Because although the Niners are still talented on the defensive side of the ball, they are still very inexperienced with Nick Mullins at quarterback. And I know he's seen his fair share of time and he's lit up a few, he's lit up the scoreboard a few different times and one of them Raiders fans definitely remember from a few years ago. But the thing with Mullins, it's not that he lacks arm talent and he's certainly one tough SOB. I watched all the hits he took in that game last week against Buffalo, but he was simply overwhelmed. And a guy like Mullins, he doesn't seem to be someone who can go through the reads extremely quickly. He seems like a guy who's got his finger on his trigger and he's going to pull the finger on the trigger and he's going to pull it, which at sometimes that's what you want. But there's other situations like maybe on the goal line is it might be better just to tuck that ball and take the sack than throwing an interception. The 49ers are not technically out, but that may happen sooner than later. They do have consecutive weeks against NFC East team so there could be a little there they are playing the Washington football team this upcoming week who are just coming off beating the undefeated or formerly undefeated Steelers after the Niners play Washington then they have Dallas so it's not necessarily all out of the cards but they will need to get a bunch of help and of course the Rams winning last night on Thursday night football did not help in the slightest but hey as it looks now I'm an honest guy I'll say the Raiders get into the playoffs 49ers miss it this year in hopes of bouncing back next year. Okay, you waited long enough. Let's get into it. The Ducks went down last week. They traveled to Berkeley. They've had their issues there before, and Cal took care of their business. No, it was not the prettiest game. I'll give you that. The offense, we played a little bit better on offense, but we didn't we didn't light anything up by any means, but it was really, truly a game our defense took care of for us. And let's be honest. The defense is still the strong point of this Golden Bears team. Getting back to the offense, Chase Garbers, he, he played good. He played good. He was 20 of 32, threw for 183 yards and one score. The running game was definitely a running effort by community. Dancy had carries, Moore had carries, Shaw and Brown both had carries. Even Garbers carried it 10 times himself. And of course, Nico Remigio, we got him involved with the carry in the run game. But actually, that's the player I'd like to touch on now, Remigio finally got back to his old receiving ways of last year. He was very effective, he was very timely, and he even had the touchdown there. Remigio is a guy that we gotta keep involved. I think he does a lot for the offense. I think he even opens things up on the outside for guys like Polk, Crawford, or even Tonjes. So that's something I can, that's a player I definitely would like to see in the mix a little bit more, but I really don't think that's gonna be an issue. I think Remigio is a mainstay of this offense, and we will see a lot of him. However, the MVP on the team up to this point, it's got to be Cameron Good. He's had a hell of a year. He 
had what what was it last week? He had seven tackles, four of them solo, one and a half sacks, and a pass defense. And I believe he even recovered he recovered the fumble. Cameron Good has really been the nuts and bolts and the lifeblood of the defense. Of course, he's got talented players backing him, like Cameron Bynum and Elijah Hicks. Elijah Hicks particularly had another very good game. Seven, to- seven total tackles, five solo. Yeah, this Bears defense, they still do impress me. And honestly, with everything that's happened this season, we very easily could be 3-1. and one. Think about it. The Stanford game goes a little bit differently, which, sure, I know many of us still don't really want to think about that game. Anyways as well the Oregon State game that was our game to win and although it came down to us being on the line of scrimmage at the end and ultimately Garbers threw that interception very easily this Cal team could be three and one really no argument in that first game against UCLA whether the the Bears were underprepared or a little scrambled from changing plan directions the UCLA Bruins really took it to us in that first game at the Rose Bowl but now Cal seems a little grounded and Of course, with a guy like Justin Wilcox, he's a super solid individual, and he's a defensive coach, so I think we were getting back to those roots. All right, forward and onward. Yes, it's always nice to beat the Ducks, but now it's time we set our sight on the Cougars from Washington State. And very fortunately for us, this week's I have a very special guest with me to help break down the Bears and the Cougs, a man who arguably has had the greatest single season in the history of Washington State, the 1997 Pac-10 Offensive Player of the Year, a season where he had led the nation in passing yards, finishing third in the Heisman voting, one of only two players to lead or to quarterback Wazoo to the Rose Bowl in the last 90 years, the second overall pick in the 1998 NFL Draft, and current college football analyst with ESPN, Ryan Leaf. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing real well. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. We appreciate you coming on with a little bit of short notice here. Just going to pick your brain a little bit about this upcoming matchup we have between Berkeley and Washington State. Now, the Cougs are coming off a loss to number 15 USC at the L.A. Coliseum. Washington State, they did go down early, but they seemed to stabilize as the game went on. What were some of your takeaways from that last game against USC? Well, yeah, it, you know, I think USC teams in the past, uh, you know, teams that were led by Mark Sanchez and Matt Liner and those guys, that, that score is different. That score is 70 to nothing. Uh, they just, they, they let their foot off the gas pedal a little bit because, you know, they, they don't necessarily know what the killer instinct is like. Uh, you know, they're, they're still learning. And Washington State was able to battle and do some different things defensively to shut them down. They played a lot of man coverage in the first half, which I, I don't quite understand because they, they simply couldn't match up with those those freaks out there on the outside of the sure, wide receiver position. So, um, you know, a 45, 13 beating is still, uh, is still plentiful, but, uh, it, it had to give them some, some better feelings walking off the feeling, knowing, knowing that they fought uh, as hard as they could. And it was only their third game. They missed two games because of COVID protocol and, and to be back on the field had to feel good. Uh, they're looking to get those good feelings again <laughs> come Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think we'll be in store for a good one. I, I really like the way th- these two teams match up. Before we even go there, the Cougars' lone win this year came in the opener against Oregon State, a, a Beaver team that actually bested Cal a few weeks back. How do you think your Cougars match up against my Golden Bears? Uh, well, I think they match up pretty well. I mean, offensively, what, what Nick Rolovich's uh, schemes are, are it, it, it's throwing the ball, ball vertically. Uh, making uh, your defense do 
more than it's capable of doing. And, and if there's one thing that Justin Wilcox led team does well, it's play defense. So sure. these games have been, uh, you know, barn burners in the past. Uh, they've been very difficult for the Cougars to uh, find ways to get it done two years ago with Gardner Minshew, they were able to get it done late at home, but there's been some blowouts that Justin Wilcox has been a part of. So um, the biggest matchup I see is, is on the defensive side of the football for Washington state. That's where they've had mismatches all year. Uh, the way they lost the game to Oregon, they got a, a defensive end matched up against one of their speedy running backs. And like I said, last week uh, inexplicably chose to play man coverage versus the air raid. And, and, and you just can't do that against those, that type of talent at wide receiver. And so I'll be interested to see what coach Dicker defensive coordinator for the Cougars has in store for, for Bill Musgrave. I think they're starting to click a little bit better. Chase Garber seems to be more ready to play uh, than he did in the first few weeks uh, in this new, in this new offense. Uh, so that's the biggest matchup I want to see what coach Dickert has ready to go versus uh, Bill Musgrave's new offense there in Cal. Absolutely, and I like the way you said that. I definitely agree with you there. I've noticed so far in the season, it seems Washington State has had their troubles on defense, but reciprocally, it's the same way how Cal has certainly had their struggles on offense. As you mentioned, how Garbers really didn't look comfortable in that first game at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. Of course, the whole Pac-12 has kind of been in shambles with the scheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling. But yeah, I, I agree with you there. I'd really like to see the Bears' offense go against the Cougars' defense. Um, on your offensive side of the ball for Washington State, quarterback Jaden DeLara, he has shown great athleticism, but ultimately mixed results as the Cougars signal caller. He'll have a steep challenge, of course, going up against a talented Cal secondary, like we said, headed by Justin Wilcox, who that's kind of his M.O. But back to DeLara, what about his game stands out to you? Well, I, he's got a confidence about him. Uh, he, he's got a very good arm for such a young young. Uh, young player uh you know nick rolovich found him when he was over in hawaii and, and and got a good one when he brought him uh to the states um or i should say mainland i know uh i know hmm. how those hawaiians uh want well, me to make sure i get that correct yes um i wouldn't be surprised if you see uh, a number of quarterbacks playing in this game to be honest uh gunner cruz cam cooper as well as Jaden delora i think this game could be really developmental for for Nick Rolovich in terms of what they're going to do moving forward at the quarterback position. Uh, there's a maturity uh, uh, situation or issue at, at, with Delore being so young. Uh, Cooper and Cruz have been there for a longer time. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of them. The big thing on offense is we may get to see Max Borgie for the first time this year. He's been out with an injury the entire season. He was going to fit in and be a really dynamic piece of Nick Rolovich's run and shoot offense. Sure. Uh, so Cal's got to be ready for that because uh, he, he may be the best player on that Washington State team. He's a game changer, no doubt. There's no doubt about that going on here. Now, if going back in the records, it looks like in the last five years, the home game or the home team in this matchup has won every time. You know as, as well as anyone that Pullman is a long way from the California sunshine. As of now, there is still a chance for snow on Saturday, but it seems like we've recently got an update. The game time has just been changed from 7.30 p.m. Pacific to a one o'clock kickoff. But going back to what I was saying, how much does home field advantage weigh in at the frozen Martin Stadium? Well, it would if, if, if the rabid crowd base uh, and those fans uh, there in the in the Northwest um, could be there cheering on their team. But unfortunately, because of 
everything we've gone through this year, um, home field advantage is not what it used to be um, because of all those things. It's going to be an empty stadium. Uh, it, luckily for Cal, it will be during the day. The sunshine uh, or will be shining at that time, or at least not Partially. dark. And uh, uh, and and they get a great great spot on uh, on a on a main network in the middle of the day. Uh, so a lot of people are going to be able to get a good look at this Cal team uh, against my Cougars. And, and I think that, that, that bodes well for the conference in general, the more eyeballs we can get on our product right now, leading into the last couple weeks, uh, I think is huge. Uh, if they have any, any chance to be considered for the college football playoff, um, it may be a really minuscule chance. I, I think I've been saying a 0.00001% chance Sure. Uh, but Something the more eyeballs on these teams uh, is important. Right. And I think it's like you said, it's a primetime game on Saturday. It gives just how you were saying the nation's eyes to come out west, which sometimes I know there can be a little bit of an East Coast bias. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that they changed that game time there. And I got a feeling this is going to be a super closely contested game. I got a feeling it's going to be very, very physical and maybe could come down to one or two plays. Ryan, I only got a couple more questions here you for. Currently, Cal is coming in, and I think they remain as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I've got no issues with that, but what do you think? Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a pick-em game. Uh, we, we don't really quite know still what Washington State has to offer. I think we've seen gradual improvement by, by Cal. I had uh, Justin Wilcox on my SiriusXM radio show this week, and he talked about how uh, putting together all three phases uh, of the game is what allowed them to really get over the top against Oregon. It's something they lacked. Uh, previously in their losses, uh, in particular the special teams, right? They, they made a lot of mistakes on the special teams. They turned it over offensively. And what they were able to do uh, in this game against Oregon uh, was put all three phases together, and that's exactly what they're going to need uh, in a big road test against Washington State. So I think that's a good number. I, I just think there's too many unknowns for Washington State. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, but but I, I feel like, and it pains me to say this, I think the – the Bears are, are more ready to, to win this game, I think, probably, let's say, 24-21. It could be such. It could be such, especially with maybe it not being quite as warm. And you know how it is. The game slows down when the temperature drops. Ryan, before we get you out of here, because I know we got to get you going, here's the last question. Who is the best-looking back, best-looking quarterback to ever come out of Washington State? Is it yourself? Is it Gardner Minshew? Or is it Drew Bledsoe? Um, I would probably say, uh, it was Jason Gesser. Uh, I think what, what he was able, I think what he was able to do, uh, at his time there, the amount of wins, three consecutive 10 win seasons, and then to go to a Rose bowl. Uh, I, I think that is the, the ultimate, uh, you know, measuring tool is if you can get your team to a Rose bowl. And what he was able to do during his time there with Mike Price in that offense, I think, you know, puts him head and shoulders above anybody else. A close second is Gardner Minshew for sure because of the best single season ever. For him to come in the way he did as a graduate transfer uh, after the tragedy to Tyler Holinsky that, that offseason uh, right. when, when something was needed. Uh, and, and he was the perfect fit for that. And he's become a symbol for Washington State fans out there with his success at the NFL level. And so I think it starts with Jason Gester. And then you, you see Gardner Minshew after that. And then from that point on, there's a lot of great quarterbacks. Jack Thompson, Mark Rippon, Drew Bledsoe. Uh, 
um, Tim Rosenbaugh. So uh, Nick, uh, uh, Falk, all those, all those guys are, are pretty special. My little cousin, Matty Kegel played there and, and had one of the biggest bowl wins ever beating Vince Young and the Texas Longhorns back in the holiday bowl. So a good right. thing for me is I'm in, I'm in really good company when you're talking about quarterbacks at Washington state. Absolutely. A lot of guys that can truly spin the cover off it. Ryan, we'll get you going again. We'd like to thank you for stopping by. Believe in Cal football. We'll be catching you. I know it. We wish you the best of luck and we'll be talking to you soon. You bet. Thanks. Have a great game this weekend. Hey, see you, Ryan. You as well. Ryan Leaf, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely want to give a shout-out to him for, once again, coming on the show with a little bit of late notice. A man who has had some of the high of highs and definitely experienced some of the lowest lows, but we always give our support to those seeking to better himself. Once again, Ryan Leaf, thanks for stopping by. And you folks, also, do not forget, as I have mentioned previously, the game time for Saturday has changed. We're no longer kicking off at 7.30 PST. It is now 1 o'clock PST, right in the middle of the college football day, the college football primetime slot, if you will. So, us Golden Bears will be ready. I hope the Cats in Washington State are ready. But now, let's move on to our closing segment, our familiar segment, the segment everybody likes. Here we are again with hashtag ProBears. So this week, we've only had one player move on to week 14, and we'll start with the offense as it was last night, Los Angeles Rams quarterback, Jared Goff. He played maybe not his most electric game, but he managed it well and played well enough to get the win. His stat line looked like 16 of 25 for 137 yards. He threw one touchdown with one interception, but also got the first score of the game with his legs, rushing for a touchdown, I believe his fourth on the year. And the Rams, Goff and McVay, finally got a little bit of revenge over Patriots over the Patriots and Bill Belichick after the embarrassing Super Bowl they had a couple years back. Moving on now, and I guess this will pertain to the players playing in Week 13, so last weekend, Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers does what he does, and he is really putting together a solid MVP campaign. So, last week, Rodgers was 25 of 34, threw for 295, three touchdowns, and the Packers easily handled the Eagles. Moving on, we have Detroit wide receiver Marvin Jones, who also has put together a very solid season despite the Lions looking a little lackluster. Jones caught eight passes for 116 yards and a score, and Detroit finally got a win against division rival Chicago. Moving on, but sticking with wide receivers, Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen catches five passes for 48, as the Chargers actually got shut out by those same Patriots who stayed an entire week in Los Angeles since they had the Chargers last week and then the quick Thursday game against the Rams. Keenan Allen, he's had a phenomenal year. Even though the Chargers also have a not very impressive record, he is just a grown man playing against junior varsity players, it seems like. I hope I see him get a few votes for Offensive Player of the Year. He's just a guy who doesn't bring very many weaknesses to the wide receiver position. Moving on, and another wide receiver, someone we haven't shouted out on Believe in Cal Football this year, we have Houston wide receiver Chad Hansen catches five passes for 101 yards, an average of 20.2 yards per catch, and... Unfortunately, the Texans do lose a close one to Indianapolis. In that same game and also playing for Houston is punter Brian Anger. Three punts for 145 yards with a long of 54 yards. And I know some people don't always care about this, but for punters, this guy's definitely headed to the Pro Bowl this year. I know, again, you don't necessarily always want your team to have a Pro Bowl punter because that's usually meaning he's getting a lot of work. But Anger, he is in a class of his own this year. I definitely think he'll get the Pro Bowl nod for the AFC. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball to shout out some of our pro bears there. New Orleans defensive end, Cam Jordan, he does his thing week in and week out. 
This time he has two solo tackles and one quarterback hit. And quietly, he's also put a little bit of a campaign together for Defensive Player of the Year. However, with Aaron Donald's performance last night, I think he's starting to run away with that award. Of course, no disrespect toward Cam Jordan. He is a flat-out baller and a beast of his own kind. Moving on, on the defensive side of the ball, we have New York Jets safety Ashton Davis. Six tackles, five of them solo. However, it is widely reported of how that secondary imploded on the final play of the game against the Raiders and Henry Ruggs. Probably not something you want to tell a lot of people you were on the field for. But I've got to watch Ashton Davis play quite a bit this season, and I would say he's a guy who's here to stay. He has very high-end speed. He comes in, he he delivers a, a, a good whop when he comes up and hits. Huh? Actually, I guess that's not the word now to use. A good load when he comes up. And that word, maybe not either. But Davis, he's a true football player. He can hit, he can cover, he can catch. I think we'll see him around in the league for quite some time. Moving on, we have Pittsburgh defensive end Tyson Alu-Alu. He's back in the lineup. He's got four tackles this week for the Steelers. However, the undefeated Steelers finally lost to none other than the Washington football team headed by Ron Rivera, one of our own. Really wild game there, and looking back at it, you can kind of see it as being a trap game. But yeah, Pittsburgh was the last undefeated team. Ron Rivera took a stout defense in. Also, Alex Smith has been playing very well, especially considering everything he's been through. And man, that's another topic in its own, but super impressive what Alex Smith has done. And as well, Rivera battling through everything he has off the field this year and to keep his team focused. Washington knocked off the formerly undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. And finally, Larry Zonka and other members of the 1972 Dolphins got to enjoy their annual drink because, once again, there will not be a team run undefeated in the NFL this year. The Washington football team picked up their fifth win in that game, and they are now on the cusp of first place in the NFC East. And if it wasn't for two of their loss being to the New York football giants, then I think Washington would be in the driver's seat of this division. They definitely still have a chance to overcome the Giants, but again, it really puts them behind the eight ball with the fact that two of their losses are to them. But we'll see. It's going to be a wild finish. I know that for a fact. You really can't even put it into words at this point. I think we're going to have one of the most exciting playoff runs in the NFL that we've had in recent years, and I don't really think there's one clear-cut winner. Sure, you can point out that not many teams have done much to slow down Mahomes and the Chiefs, But we all know it's a whole different beast once the playoffs start, when it can be any given Sunday or Saturday in the case of some NFL playoffs. I'm really excited, if you can't tell. Folks, once again, thank you very much for joining me here on Believe in Cal Football. We're getting hyped up. I know we got the Cougars coming, or we're going to the Cougars. I think we can really take it to them. However, I think it's going to be a close one, as I mentioned with Ryan Leaf. So everybody get excited. Saturday, 1 o'clock, schedule it in. Roll on you bears. Oh, be sure to subscribe and give me a follow at Instagram or Twitter at GPS underscore on the mic. I'll see you next week. Believe in Cal football is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Northern California and is available on all major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it. Believe in Cal Football is also brought to you by Oeste Bar, Cafe, and Rooftop, located downtown Oakland. And the QL Gaming Group. Check out their betting boards at betql.co.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.